Father, we thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to come together into your house tonight, Lord, and to go through your precious word. Lord, I pray, God, that you would give us the spiritual ears we need to hear your voice in this word tonight, spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us, and the godly wisdom we need to walk in that path. And we thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. We're going to pick up where we left off uh, in the uh, Thursday night service. Amen. God has a plan, part two. Amen. So recapping uh, what we already been through. God had all this planned before it ever began. The Bible says that what man that buildeth the tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it or not. Amen. So God was letting us clearly know there that before this began, the Bible says he knows the ending, knoweth the ending from the beginning. So he knew the very ending before he even started the beginning of it. Amen. And... Praise God, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Uh, and I, I'm, just, I'm just so thankful that God is not just winging it as we go. God put it in a book. He wrote the ending from the very beginning. He told you exactly how it's going to happen. You need to clearly understand tonight, make sure that this is up enough, brother, just enough to, to where it's going to be. Uh, as it needs to be, don't make it too loud, but we need to clearly get an understanding uh, in this message and in this day and time that we live in that God has a plan. Nothing anyone does, has done, or ever will do is going to change the plan of God. As we talked about some this morning in the other uh, during the message Thursday night, uh, that you're not going to alter the plan of God, period. I don't care if everybody on this planet prays till the cows come home. It is written. And once it is written, it is settled. It is not going to change. We still go through this life. I, it, it amazes me how that people that claim to be Christians... And listen, when I was coming up in school... It still, I, I never did think anything about it because I didn't know that much about it. But it amazes me that we still go to school and allow our children to learn about, about um, uh, evolution instead of creationism. And that's teaching a mixed message. It's no wonder that Satan has brought the NIV and all these other uh, uh, garbage books into the uh, into the churches of the modern day we live in and calling them Bibles. They're Satan's books. They're Satan's books. And I don't care how you slice it, but God created the heavens and the earth, and He created man, breathed the breath of, no of life into the nostrils of man, created man from woman, and that's it. That settles it. There ain't no, there ain't no uh, 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 people that came from monkeys or fish or from any other thing or, or uh, evolved into this and that and the other. But yet we have allowed our children to go to church and Sunday school on Sundays and right back to school on Monday like there's no big deal, no problem. And because we accepted that garbage, it just kept on being taught in schools. Well, now, now they're, I'm surprised that they're not teaching it. They probably are teaching it in some pulpits. 
But I, I'm still amazed that they even teach against that. Because they certainly don't follow the Word of God. They don't follow the Book of God. They don't follow the laws of God. They don't follow the commandments of God. Why would they not teach that? What's the difference? But you need to understand, God had a plan from the beginning, and it's been going according to plan since that day. He knew everything that was going to be before it began. He knew the ending from the beginning. And so we, we think as people in this life way more than we ought to think of ourselves. We think much more highly of ourselves than we ought to. We think when these clowns have these doctorate degrees on their wall, doctors of theology and all this stuff, that is impressive to people. And if you've got a pedigree, well, you're all that. If you have a pedigree, man, that gives you the right to, to change the Word of God. You can do whatever you want to because you're evidently you're as smart as God. But the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. You're not going to change anything. You can jump up and down and get all these people out there to be as blind as you are if you want to. You can get the world to agree with your lies and wickedness, but it ain't going to change the judgment that's to come against your lies and wickedness. Hell is still real, and by the Lord God Almighty, they're still going there. So, man thinks that what they say goes, and they justify the things that they do. And they believe that no matter what God said, this is still a democracy, and we, we, we change things and we do things down here, uh, regardless of what God already said in His Word. We still have control. You never did have control. Every president that's ever been in the White House of America was put there by God and for God. Doesn't mean that they were in there just like the kings of Israel. No man sat on the throne of Israel but those that God put there. Period. Good or bad. Ahab and all the his father and grandfather, all them were as bad as it gets in Ahab's Son, they were all as bad as it gets. They just kept getting worse, 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 and worse. But God still put them there, or they never would have been there, because it's God's people. It does not matter. It does not matter who you want to put in the White House. It does not matter who you want to run this or that, who you want run in the city, who you want run in the county, who you want run in this. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. Why? Because God's going to put in there who He wants in there. God's the one that sets up kings, tears down kingdoms. God's the one that does that. So we're going to look at that some more tonight about how that God is in control. Remember this, church. The Bible says, No man that warreth. How many of you understand we are soldiers in the army of the Lord? No man that warreth, no man. Everybody say that. No man. That warreth entangleth himself in the affairs of this life. Now, I want you to just stop and give it a thought for just a second. I know some of you don't have a dog in this hunt, but, but some of you in this church do. 
How much time has the devil tied you up with politics, with laws of the land, with the breaking of the laws of the land, with the affairs of this life, with money, possessions, jobs, finances. You know what that is? That's the affairs of this life. You better believe it. And I tell you what, even those that are even those that have broken free from some of that still need to be on guard because if you're not careful, you can find yourself right back in the mix again. It don't take but just a second. Remember how that the Bible says as a dog returneth to his vomit and a sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Church what do we need to be focused on? What do we need to have our eyes on? The Word of God. Why? Why? It's the road map home. Amen. It's the plan. Just put your mind on the playbook. Live by the playbook. Doesn't matter what you see on the right. Doesn't matter what you see on the left. Who are you going to believe, God or your lying eyes? We don't walk by what we see. We don't walk by what we see. If you walk by what you see, you're going to end up being afraid of man and not of God. Who do you fear? The Bible says, fear not man who can but kill the body. I will tell thee whom thou should fear. Amen. Rather fear him that after he's killed the body, hath the power to put the soul in hell. That's, he said, fear ye him. Pray God, fear him, buddy. But tell you something, you don't need to be afraid of man, and you don't need to give man a second thought when it comes to uh, what's important in these end times. What's important is you ought to obey God rather than men. Praise God. So, the Word of God tells us what we need to have our attention on. We need to have our attention on what God says is going to happen. It don't matter what man says. It does not matter that this is looming and that's looming and all that. The Bible said He will always make a way for His people. What does it say? I will never leave you. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Who is that to? Is that to the world? They think it is, but i got news for them. It is not for the world. It's not for heathens. It's not for the people out there that are living their own way, doing things their own way. It's for people that have come out from among this world and are living a separated life unto God, and they are in covenant with Him, and they are holding the line, living the Word, fasting and praying, amen, living a holy life, a separated life. Hashakam! Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's the people the Word of God is talking to. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. He said, I will never leave thee. Don't you worry about it. When the water gets 10 foot deep, I'll make you 12 foot tall. Amen. When the fire comes, amen. When you go through the fire, it shall not kindle upon thee. Amen. When you go through the floods, they shall not overflow thee. Hallelujah. The Lord God is still on the throne. I still belong to Him. I'm in covenant. God will not suffer my feet to be moved. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb of God. 
Hallelujah. Church, if there's ever been a time you need to take your hands off this world and put your hands on Jesus, amen, and hold fast to His will and His word and His way, it's right now. Praise God, and from now to the end. Hallelujah. Praise God. All man can do is kill you. All they can do is come get your stuff. Big deal, man. Come on, get it. Take my burdens away. The more you turn loose of, the freer you get. Praise God. Because I'm going to tell you something. This world will tie you down. This world is like putting weights around you. Amen. This world is like tying your feet to the ground. Amen. Praise God. See, the Bible says in the Scripture that they use to tell them they can come to church naked or in their flippy flappers and flip-flops and sweatpants and tank tops and halter tops and pants with bootylicious on the back of it and all that kind of crap. Tells them they can come any kind of way they want to because Jesus don't care. The Scripture they use for that, that's not properly divided. It's not rightly interpreted. Amen. I can take that same Scripture. I'm not going to go off in that right now, but I take that same Scripture and show them where they're dead wrong. Amen. If you can't do your best for God, you may as well just not do anything for Him. He ain't going to take less than your best. If you have something better hanging in your closet, amen, and you come to the house of God and anything less than your very best, you may as well give up now because God ain't going to accept you. Now, God don't require you to be in a three-piece suit. Amen. God don't require you to be in an Armani suit or anything like that. And doesn't, it doesn't require you to spend uh, uh, all your money on coming and dressing up and looking, uh, looking dapper dan coming to the house of God. But let me tell you something. If you bought something like that, you better have bought it for Jesus and not for your night out on the town with your honey. Not on, not on the town with the whores and all the world out there. You better be using the best stuff you got for Jesus enough about that because we're not going to break off on that but church that very thing right there that that the lord said that scripture as well he said for man looketh man verily looketh upon the outward appearance but i the lord look upon the heart another place he said i the lord search the heart i try the reins i want you to understand something tonight when you look at these people running for president you looking for the people running for offices you looking for you have no idea what they're doing you see what they want you to see you see what they want you to see you don't even see the people that do have the power if anything, if there's anything you should have learned in the past nearly four years of Donald Trump's presidency, is the president has very little power, if any at all. It's the richest people in the world that have the power it always has been and it always will be, except they don't have nearly the power they think they do either. All that's going on was orchestrated and allowed by God. There will never be anybody on any throne, never be anybody on any, uh, 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 is any president anywhere that God did not set up there. God controls everything that they do 
God controls every word they speak, regardless. The devil is a puppet. God uses him to achieve his purpose as well. We're going to look at that tonight. And we're going to follow this sermon with another whole message having similar things in it as well. The Bible says the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord as rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he wills. Wherever he wants to, he turns it. Everyone on earth. When the king opens his mouth, To declare something or to do something, God's the one that ordered him to do it. Because his heart, right here, his heart, in the hands of the Lord, it's just his rivers of water. He turns it wherever he wants to. He turns the king's mind. Let me tell you something. He can turn your mind too. He can make you stand on your head and quack like a duck and make you think you did it and you thought of it. There's sometimes that you might fall. And it was God did it. Because he tried them reins. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. He searches the heart. How does he search the heart? <laughs> he tries them reins. Tells him exactly what the thoughts and intents of the heart, doesn't it? How does he try it? With the Word. Now, So we have a little bit of a, a little bit of a uh, baseline and a reach back for where we where we were. Praise God! So let's uh, let's let's go forward. Praise God, brother. Put them scriptures up there. Amen. We left off last time with uh, after First Samuel, correct? And now we are. Did we do Proverbs? No, we hadn't done Proverbs six. So we're next is Second Corinthians nine. 6 through 11. Amen. Actually, we talked before too about before the miracle, there must be a need. You must first know there's a need. Before there can be a miracle, it needs to be a need that nobody can do anything about but God. Amen. Just like the Pharaoh. Amen. The Pharaoh had decided more than once to let God's people go, but God hardened his heart. Look at the Word of God. It says, but God hardened his heart. The Lord told Moses before he even went to the Pharaoh that he was going to let him go, but he said, no, I will harden his heart. Amen. Why? Until he achieved what he wanted to achieve, he hardened their heart. Amen. And he does that because when God finally does do what he's going to do, he wants you to know that there was no way to explain it away. It was me. I did this. Man can't do what I did. Satan can't do what I did. I'm the one behind that. Jesus don't mind taking the blame because you ain't going to put him on the carpet about it. You ain't going to punish God for anything. When God does it, amen, God decided, hey, I did that. What you going to do about it? Go ahead, open your mouth. Go ahead. Yeah, see, God ain't going to play that. Let's look at what the Word says. The Lord said, but this, the Lord said, but this I say. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also 
bountifully. Every man according as he, what purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Amen. Now, get my glasses on here. Now, remember what we talked about in Samuel where, where God had created a problem and sent an evil spirit unto Saul, King Saul. And the only way to get rid of this evil spirit was for David to play music before the king. And it would cause the evil spirit to leave. Imagine that. The Bible called it an evil spirit from God. An evil spirit from God. Now let your mind, let that soak into your mind right there. God created evil for the day of evil. He said, I do all these things. There ain't nothing created that God didn't create. It's only one God, and He did it all. Everything going on in the world today, God allowed it. Amen. And it was caused, why? Why? Why is all this happening in all kind of crazy different directions? Well, it ain't happening in all kind of crazy different directions. It's only happening in two directions. There's only two directions. There's the direction of God, and there's the direction of evil. That's it. That's it. So God sent a sword. He sent a sword. It's the Word of God. It declares what is and what is not holy. What is and what is not right. What is and what is righteousness and what is unrighteousness. Amen. What is right, that's what is right according to God. And what is wrong according to God. If it's not righteousness according to God, then it is unrighteousness. And all unrighteousness is sin. He put a very fine line, called it a straight and narrow path. Amen. A very fine line between good and evil. And you must follow the good. We must do good and live. Praise God. And so the Bible is our roadmap. The Bible is our guide. It is the light unto our path, the lamp unto our feet. Amen. And God has set this in this life. It is our sword. It will either cut you in and cut the world off of you, or it will cut you off of the vine, out of covenant with God. If you breach the covenant, the sword will cut you off. Because you cannot bring wickedness into this vine. Wickedness and evil, leaven is not allowed in the vine that is holy. And when you are in covenant with God, you are in the vine. But if you breach that covenant, you will be cut off. The same as Israel was. So... There's the sword. There's the sword. Right there. There's the sword. That's what tells us to, what to live by, what to do, how to do it. <clears throat> All right. All right, so, David, God set David up. God put David in a position where he could be in the favor of King Saul. God was setting David up to integrate into the family of Saul, integrate into his favor, and to 
achieve those things that God had planned for him to achieve. So God set him up for success for a time. And God, the Bible says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Let me tell you something. It's God's plan. It's God's plan that you're in. And there ain't but one way for this plan to work for you. That's work the plan. The only way the plan works is if you work the plan. Amen. How do you work the plan? What? I'm sorry? Well, that's good, but that's not what I was talking about. That is good. Plan the work. That's good. But how do you, how do you follow the plan? Follow the Word. There's the plan. You follow that Word. How do you stay in that plan? You follow that Word. Now, so, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Amen. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So understand, even in this scenario with David, what was he doing? He was providing seed to the sower. Amen. He brought forth a need And he gave David the solution for him to sow seeds of favor into the life of King Saul. And it returned with the favor, and it returned, and it brought forth fruit. Amen. And multiply your seeds sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Being enriched in every good thing to all bountifulness, which calls it through us thanksgiving to God. Amen. Everything that we do should bring thanksgiving to the Lord. Everything that we do with what He gave us to work with should bring glory and honor to the King. All the things He gave us to work with are not for your benefit, they're for His benefit. They're to fulfill His Word. All you are is a living epistle. That's what we are. We're a walking, talking, living, breathing Word of God. That's what we're supposed to be. You can't break off on your own with any kind of theories because that's not Bible. You're not to be a walking intellect. God ain't worried about your intellect. You're dumber than a bag of rocks. As smart as you ever could be in this life, you're still stupid. Every one of us are. Can you imagine the wisdom of God we're talking about? You can't even, you can't even wrap your mind around how wise God is. And we think we're wise? We think much highly of ourselves than we ought to, don't we? (laughs) Amen. So, God gives us things to work with, and He gives us seed. As we are the sower, He gives us seeds to sow. Sometimes those seeds are just ourselves, whatever it is. Whatever God's given you, do what you can with it. Work with what you got. Work with what you got. Do what you can with what you have. Remember the lady, the widow. The widow that gave, the poor widow that gave two mites. He said she gave more than them all. Why? Because she took what she had and gave it to God. She took what she had and worked with the best she could possibly do with what she had to work with. She gave it all to Him. 
Well, let me tell you something. A dollar to a person that's only got a dollar is the same as a million dollars to a person that's got a million dollars. All of it is all of it. Everything is everything. Amen. But I can tell you one thing. It's a whole lot harder for one to give up a million dollars than it is for one with a dollar. But I'm going to tell you something. It ain't no different to God. How many of you know God can make a dollar into a million and he can make a million into nothing? Right now. Right now. I mean, God can do it right now. But he can take everything you ever had in your life and make it just go away. So fast your head can't even wrap around it. Poof. Gone. <clears throat> now, all right. Next set of scriptures here, Proverbs sixteen four. <clears throat> Listen to what it says. The Lord hath made all things for himself. He made them for himself. See that? Get a hold of that right there. The Lord hath made all things for himself. Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Who do you make the wicked for? What? I didn't ask you what he made the wicked for. I said, who do you make the wicked for? He made the wicked for himself. Isn't that what it says right there? It said he made all things for himself. Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. He made it for himself because he needed some wicked in the day of evil. Everything you see going on is in the plan of God. God created it to achieve a purpose. God created all this. Why? Because you're going to have to choose God. You're going to have to choose him. And you're going to have to choose him like he chose you. You're going to have to choose him hard. You're going to have to love him hard. You're going to have to love him more than you love yourself. You're going to have to love him more than you love your babies. You're going to have to love him more than you love your son or your daughter. You're going to have to love him more than you love your father, your mother, or your sisters, or your brothers. You're going to have to love him even more than your life itself. Because Bible said, if you love not your father, your mother, your sister, brother, your son, or your daughter more than me... And even your own life also, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Yea, and even his own life also. God's going to make you choose. God is going to make you choose him over even your own life. He's going to make you choose over him or over anyone else in your life. You're going to have to make that choice. You're going to have to choose God. He's going to make certain that you have to choose Him. Why? Because the world chose wickedness over Him. And He's going to make His people prove what they say. 
God's not interested in what you tell him. God's interested in what you show him. He's not a tell me something, God. He's a show me something, God. He said, if you love me, don't tell me about it. Show me. How do you show me? Keep my commandments. Not the glossy ten. That whole book's a commandment. <clears throat> that whole book's a commandment. There's not a suggestion one in it. Everything in it's a commandment, period. That's a book of commandments. That's the book of the law right there. Well, you know what? We don't, we don't walk by sight. We don't walk by sight. We don't walk by what it looks like. We don't walk by what it sounds like. This world looks pretty grim. This world looks pretty dim. Looks pretty rough. Looks pretty hard. Looks pretty hopeless. We don't walk by that. When you step out on the water, everything in you tells you you can't walk on that water. But let me tell you something, friend. If the Bible says you can, you can. If God said you can do it, you can do it. We don't walk by what it looks like. We don't walk by what it sounds. We walk by what He said. And He said you can do all things through Christ. The Bible said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible said no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. Amen. So it doesn't matter what the devil raises up against you. It doesn't matter what man rises up against you. It does not matter when you stand up to say, listen, it's just exactly like a, a brother of mine that I told you about a long time ago. I've told you many times about it where he said he couldn't stay in a certain spot and it was even against the law for him to stay there. And it was an absolute law. It was a, it was a state law. Uh, and, all, and, and they absolutely had never been done in the history of that place. And, and I knew. I knew that God had put me there over him, and I knew he was not going to take him away from me and put him somewhere I couldn't reach him because God commanded me to take care of him. And so as I was doing this, all of a sudden he came and said, and, and I, I'm leaving. I said, no, you're not. Yes, I am. No, no, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. He argued with me several times, several times, several times. There's no way it's against the law. There's no possible way. I've asked and I've begged. The people around me have begged for me to stay. I can't. There's no way they can keep me here. It's against the law. I can't do it. Never been done. Never will be done. But it didn't matter to me. It didn't matter to me. What they were saying. All that mattered to me is what God said. See? Didn't matter to me what anybody else said. I knew it was possible. And I knew it was going to be done. I knew God was going to do it. No weapon formed against that man was going to prosper. And God commanded me to keep him encouraged until he got away from there. Praise God. God put me with him to keep him in the Word, to keep him encouraged, to keep him tracking and forward and moving forward in God and not to lose his walk with God, but to strengthen his walk with God and to help him mend relationships that was destroyed and all these things that had happened. And praise God, it worked. Hallelujah. I stayed with him and I knew he wasn't going to leave because God's the one put me there with him and God's the one put him there. So it didn't matter what it looked like. No weapon formed against him was going to prosper. Amen. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. And I was right. I was right. He'll never forget that as long as he lives. Of course, everyone, everyone abandoned him. Now, next. Amen. 
Isaiah 45, 1 through 7, says this, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two lead gates and the gates that shall not be shut. I will go before thee. <laughs> Look at this. Let me tell you something. This is a word also to his people today, praise God, and to his church today. Hallelujah. I want you to look at this. Amen. Whose right hand I am holding to subdue nations before him. And I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two lead gates. You need to understand something. God, when He opens the door, there ain't no man can shut it. When God closes the door, no man can open it. Praise God. And you need to understand God is in control. God has the key to every gate, and He can open and shut it at His will. And the gates shall not be shut. Notice when God said, I'm going to open the gates, and you ain't going to shut them. No one's going to shut them. When God opens the gate for you, <laughs> it's open. Ain't nobody going to shut it. When he closes the gate, guess what? <laughs> yeah. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. What does that mean? I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. It means all the things, all the things that you have crooked, all the things that you have wrong, all the things that you're, all the crooked paths that the devil might put in your path, even the ones that you might put in your path, he said he would make them straight. What does that mean? That means that he will cause your feet to walk in a straight path. He will not let you go beyond yourself. He will not let you hurt yourself beyond repair. He will go ahead of you and make those crooked places straight. Amen. That's what he's doing right now. That's why from time to time you feel that little pain. That little pain is God saying, get your feet back over here. Get your mind off that. Get your head right. Get your mind right. Praise God. I'm telling you something. That's the key to it right there. Get your mind right. I will cut in sunder the bars of iron. And what does that mean? What does that mean, I will cut in sun to the bars of iron? What does that mean? What does that mean? I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sun to the bars of iron. Somebody help a brother out. Come on. What? Absolutely. The things that you can't get past. Not that there's ever been anybody that couldn't get past anything. I mean, not that, you know, not that there's ever been anyone... They couldn't get past anything. You know. <laughs> Amen. He would break in pieces the gates of brass. Why? Because brass was the hardest thing to break. Amen. And bars of iron, he would cut them in sunder. The things that hinder us, God will take them off our life. He will break them off of our neck, praise God. The yoke of bondage, he said, and I will take from off of thy neck. The yoke of bondage from off of thy neck. Amen. And the, and the, and the what? The yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing, praise God. Now, all right. Now, man, let me tell you something. 
When you're walking in an anointing, praise God, and God takes that yoke of bondage off of your neck, praise God, that yoke will, that yoke is destroyed, praise God, because of the anointing on you. It ain't gonna let that mess come back on you. I will go before thee. I'm gonna make the crooked places in your life. I'm gonna make them straight. I'm gonna straighten them according to my word right there. It's gonna be straight, praise God, because my people will be led in the path of righteousness. For my name's sake, you're wearing my name. Get it right, because you're representing the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Somebody ought to be clapping tonight. Now, and I will give thee the treasures of darkness. What does that mean? What does that mean? Let me tell you something. There's a lot of stuff going on out there. There's a lot of stuff going on out there. The world's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of wealth. But God will give us some of that. Amen. The stuff that the rest of the world uses for wicked and evil. But God said, that ain't for them. It's really for us. He said, I'll give you the treasures of darkness. Now listen, listen carefully. And hidden riches of secret places. He can give you the treasures that the devil meant for harm. He can give it to you, turn it for the good. But let me tell you what else he can do. He can give you the hidden riches of secret places. Amen. Why? That thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. Why? What's he saying right there? Praise God. He said, I'm going to give you the hidden riches of secret places. I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going to show you my covenant. I'm going to show you my word. I'm going to reveal to you. I'm going to open your understanding where you might understand Scripture. And I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going to reveal myself to you. I'm going to show you the hidden riches. Ain't no man going to get this without God giving it to him. You can't find this. Honey, you can't find this. No kind of way because this is a hidden rich. This is hidden riches in secret places. This is treasure. This is a hid treasure. If you search for it, ask for hid treasure. This is a treasure. People have no idea that we're walking around in a spiritual treasure trove, a treasure room of the Word of God. Who would have ever thought that literally all the people in this room have the keys to streets of gold? We have the keys to the hidden treasure of God. We have the keys to things ain't no man got on this planet. And most will never even know exist. And we come and dance in it every time we come together. We come in here and just and just fellowship in the presence of of the King of Kings. You know, people like to be name droppers. They like to talk about the rich and the famous. and They like to talk about who they know and this and that and other. We come together every day with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we sit down at His table. And we eat of His bread. He loves us so much. Not only does He know us, but He loves us so much, He actually gave His life for us. 
That's how much He loves to be with us. Despite how sorry we are. Because we love Him. He loves us. Why? Because we love Him. We love Him. The world hates Him. I love Him. He's the goodest one. He's the bestest one that ever did was. <laughs> Amen. You heard it here, folks. I don't believe you're going to hear that anywhere else. Amen. He said, why? Why is he going to do all that? He said, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which called thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. I'm the God of Israel is what he said. And I'm going to do all this stuff and I'm going to show you who I am that you're going to know. I am he. I am he. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There's none else, folks. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. He said, you didn't know me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you. And I gave you a surname as well. I chose you. Not because you deserved it. Why did he choose Israel? Why did he choose the Jews? Because they were the least. They were the least people. Praise God. And he made them the greatest. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what I like. I like the people of God. I like the people of God. The world hates them. We're definitely the least, but we're also the most. We're the least in the eyes of the world, but we're the most in the eyes of God. You know what? The Bible said the last shall be first. The first shall be last. Watch and see. That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west, that means from the east and the west, that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. None else. I form the light and create darkness. God creates darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Don't tell me how you're going to put somebody in the White House, how you're going to do this. and You ain't doing nothing. You ain't doing nothing but pleasing yourself. You ain't doing nothing but lying to yourself. You're just walking around dumber than a, dumber than a stump. And I'm right there with you. I've been walking around like that for years through the years thinking I'm making a big difference. You ain't changed one thing. The only thing that makes a difference is what you do with your life. You ain't putting nobody in the White House. You ain't putting nobody in any office. God puts them there to achieve a big plan. We can't see the big plan. All we can do is see the end of it. But let me tell you something. There is a plan. 
every intricate part of it is a plan. When they started this highway down through there, it's hard for people to wrap their mind around it, how it's really going to work, how this is going to happen, and what this is going to change, and this, do that, all this is going to happen, this and that and the other, this and that and the other. But now you can look at it and see, oh, that's how they're going to do that. See? Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. Before the first thing was started, it was all done a hundred times on paper. And they made changes and revisions in those plans and those prints until every last detail down to the screw, bolt, nut, everything was complete on that paper before they ever stamped it for approval and gave it to the builders to start to work. Unlike people now who make mistakes and have to make changes along the way because just because you drew it don't mean it's going to work. I had an engineer tell me one time, hey, anything I draw can be built. I said, no, you can't. And I drew some things there. I said, that cannot be built. Oh, well, you know, yeah, okay. But let me tell you something. God ain't like man. God don't make mistakes. And he counted the cost. God drew the plans before it ever started. There it is right there in your hands. Now, he said, I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Praise God. God does it. How can you, if you believe this, how can we not trust him? How can we not trust him? There's a lot of times... When you make mistakes, and you think, how in the world did, did I fall, God? How in the world did I, how in the world did I have that thought or make that mistake? Or, it didn't have to be catastrophic because a little leaven leavens the lump. But there's a lot of times you was getting too close to moving to a little higher level, and God put a stop to it. Why? Because God's a God of His Word. And once you do certain things, God's got to reward it. And in order to keep you from getting rewarded too much, God will stop you. And He'll cause you to sin. God will cause you to trip. Why? Because He's not going to allow you to get in a place you can't get out of. And a lot of times, we will get ourselves into a position that's going to get us hurt. Money will take you into places you can't get out of. Money will cause your head to get in places it don't need to be. Doesn't mean God's trying to beat you up, but God will try to show you. He's look, I'm not going to let you go there. I'm not going to let you go there. And if you do this, 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 and this, I'm going to have to let you go there. I'm not going to let you go there because... You're going to hurt yourself with that. So here's what you're about to do. And you're sitting there going, that's not even possible. How in the world did that happen? Gosh, I don't know. You're an idiot. See? Why? Because God's protecting you. There's a reason why we don't let children play in the street. They want to. Sometimes there's not a car coming down that road. Sometimes it may be a week before a car comes down a certain road. But you know what? It can happen, and as a certainty, it will happen at some point. 
So what's the best thing to do is err on the side of caution. Do not play in the street. Amen. And that's how God is with us. We need to trust Him. He creates evil, and He said, I do, I the Lord do all these things. God will do whatever's necessary to get His people to what? An expected end. Now, all right. Okay, so next, understand, I'll hold that right there for just a minute. I've got several things here. The Bible said, Isaiah 48:10, I have chosen you in the furnace of affliction. Amen. God chose us. We didn't choose him. Amen. And 1 Peter 4, 12, there's going to be things that we go through. You don't need to go to those places because we know them. I, uh, 1 Peter 4, 12, somebody quote it for me. Beloved, as, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Why? Why would God try you? Well, because he don't like you, and he just wants to make it hard on you, make you be mean to you, right? No, that's not right. God tries to, listen, he said, Think it not strange, this fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. It's part of the plan. Amen. And just like the thorn in the side of Paul, who was the greatest apostle that ever lived, there was still a thorn given to him. Why? To buffet him, lest he get be exalted above measure for the because of the abundance of the revelation. Because Paul knew so much, he understood everything, and he had the keys to go to extreme heights in God and achieve everything he could have possibly ever wanted to achieve, including great wealth. Amen. God put something there to buffet him and keep his head out of the clouds. When your clothes are raising the dead and healing people, buddy, because the anointing is so strong on you, amen, God has to put something in there to keep your feet on the ground and keep your head out of the clouds. Lest ye think more highly of yourself than ye ought to, lest he be exalted above measure, the Bible said, because of the abundance of the revelation. Amen, because he was so close to God and had so wise in the Word of God and understood all mysteries and had a close relationship with God that he did, that was given to him. It did not just come along, it was given to him. Not by Satan, by God, a messenger of Satan. But it was given to him by God. Understand the difference. The messenger was Satan... It was of Satan, but it was by God. See? So there's things in your life that may trip you up. They may cause you to trip and fall. They may cause you to have a bad thought. They may cause you to say something stupid. They may cause you to think something stupid. But it doesn't mean that it's not God. Amen? Because let me tell you something. Nothing happened to you that's not a God. God's got control. When you do something stupid, you need to be quick to repent, as always. But understand, God had a purpose. For we know that some things work together for the... Oh, wait, what? Uh-huh. All. All things work together for the good to them that love God. Does that mean... The times that maybe you trip and fall, does that mean that that's going to work for your good? Yes, it will. 
Because all things work together for the good to them that love God. God's got you. He can let you go further than you need to go. God's got you. That don't mean start running out there and acting a fool. That don't mean, oh, well, God's got me. I can just jump off the cliff here and do whatever I want to. Yeah, I know, I know, but you quit doing all that. So now you realize you can't fly. So, amen. <laughs> Louisiana did that to them. Yeah. Where were we? <laughs> yeah, okay. I form the light, create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, Lord, do these things. Nope, that's not where we were at. We were doing, we were doing something else. Even when, yeah, even when you make a mistake, God will turn it to the good. Amen. But God will also keep your feet grounded and your head out of the clouds. Amen. Remember that. God's not going to let you get higher than you need to get because he cannot work with that. God cannot work with your head in the clouds. He must have somebody that is humble and contrite. You must be humble and contrite for God to work in you. Because when you get to the place where you're self-sufficient, God can't do nothing with you. You don't need him. You're too smart for God then, see? No, he don't work with anybody that thinks they got this. Because you don't have it. You never will have it. Amen. God has it. Praise God. Now, okay. All right. Next. All right. Now, remember, uh, this is this Joel? Okay, Joel. Now, listen to what it says. Be glad then, ye children of Zion. Who's that? That's the church. What is Zion? Zion's the church. Mount Zion. Amen. Zion is the mount of God. We are the church. Be glad then, ye children of God, ye children of Zion, ye children of the church, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For He hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat. And the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you. This is one of my wife's favorite scriptures in all of the Word. She loves this scripture. Amen. As do I. I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten. She, he's already restored a bunch of them. Amen. How many of you know the locust has been busy? The years that the locust hath eaten and the canker worm and the pot of the caterpillar and the palmer worm. Uh oh, here, uh oh. What, 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 what? My great army. Whose great army? God's great army, which I sent among you. <laughs> Let your mind wrap around that just a minute. God sent that army into your life to destroy, to tear down, to root up. See? Why? So that God could build it like it needed to be built and restore it like it needs to be. Amen. My great army, which I sent among you, and ye shall eat in plenty, 
and be satisfied. And what? And praise the name of the Lord your God. Amen. Praise the name. See, what you built before was you, honey. That wasn't God built all that. God sent that army in there to come tear you down and build you back upon the rock of foundation of His Word. Praise God. Now, amen. Listen, it, He had a plan, but it all works together for your good. Let me tell you something. You may have suffered a lot in your life. You may have gone through a lot of hell in your life. And if you if you have a man, you shown up did. Amen. But let me tell you something. Hold fast, because there is a reward coming. There is a time coming when God's going to restore. Amen. And God's going to renew and let me tell you, when God tears down everything in your life and when it's built back like, back like it's supposed to be, the reward is going to be so far beyond the, the trouble and the pain. Amen. It's not to be compared with the things that God has for you. You're going to praise the name of the Lord your God. God did it. Amen. I didn't do it. No man did it. God did it. Praise the Lord. You know what? I know I talk a lot about men because I am one and I know men. I know Brother Quick because we're a lot alike. I know Brother Quick because we're men. I know a lot about the men because we are one. We know who we are. But let me tell you something. Let me also tell you this as well. And I talk smack about us a lot because I am one. But I want to also tell you something. It took men... It took men to show women how real God is. It took men to show women what a miraculous, miracle-working God He is. Because if God can take a man's mind and straighten it out, buddy, whoo! Oh, Lord Jesus! Miracle-worker, man, there's... You can't say there ain't a God. I'm living proof of it, buddy. I'm living proof there is a God. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, all of us are. Because you can't, you can't fix stupid. But God can. You know it well as I do. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I'm gonna get the brunt of that. Amen. For the rest of eternity. Yeah, you know, Pastor said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's gonna be looking in the Bible to try to find that scripture. Watch her. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? I praise God. I praise God He's a miracle working God because if He wasn't a miracle working God, I couldn't be here today. I praise God He's still in the miracle working business. I praise God He's still in control because if He wasn't, I would not be here today. I would have already destroyed myself, be dead or in prison or whatever, a hundred times over. Exactly, exactly right, brother. You know as well as I do, we'd be dead and in hell right now if it weren't for a miracle-working God. Amen. But we are proof that God can do anything with nothing. He can turn the bad into the good. Amen. His Word works every time. Work it, and it will work for you. Every time, praise God. God wrote that Word. It's His plan, His design, and it works flawlessly every time. Doesn't mean it's not going to hurt, buddy. It's going to hurt. Does not mean that it's not going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Oh, yes, it's going to be hard. Everything Jesus did when He came down here in this flesh was hard, but He did it anyway, and it worked just like it says it will. Praise God. 
ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. How good is that? See how much that means now that you know the Word of God. See how much that means when you know how to rightly divide the Word. You will praise His name, not your name. You ain't going to be praising the one in the mirror. You ain't going to be praising your boss, your buddies, your pals. You're not going to be praising nobody but God because you're going to realize that it's God, our God, that hath dealt wondrously with you, with us. And He said His people shall never be ashamed. God gets the glory because it's God that did the work. God's the one that brought the outcome. Amen. But if you know what? If he hadn't tore you down and rebuilt you on his word, he would never get glory from you. And that means you can't make heaven. Because God ain't going to let somebody steal his glory. He's going to make certain that you know, oh, no. No, you didn't do nothing. You followed my word that I wrote, and I did it like my word said it will. Yeah. Yeah. See all that garbage back there? That's you. See that dung heap back there? There you are. Yeah. You see all that catastrophe right there? There there you are right there. You see this man over here that's on his way to hell right now? That's you. That's you right there. But I stepped in back here, and I kept you from going to that place. And thank God you may thank me because you made the right decision. That's what God's saying. Huh? Yeah. You better be thanking me you made the right choice because right there is the... Listen, I gave him the same chance, but he made a different choice, and there he is heading for hell right now. When God points to somebody there, there he is heading for hell right now. He had a choice just like you, but he didn't make the right choice. You did. But for me, you would be that same person headed for hell right now. There's no coming back from that. How can you not give glory to God in a situation like that? Huh. <laughs> not if I got anything to say about it. Amen. <laughs> He's like, no, because I'm not ever leaving the church again. I'm moving in here right now. Amen. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. Praise God. Ye shall know I'm in the midst of Israel. What does that mean? He's in the midst of church. He's in this church right here tonight because I feel him. I feel him tonight. How many of you know? God loves His people to love His Word. And I love His Word, don't you? Nothing like it. Come on, brother. Change me up. We know this Scripture. We know it well. Oh, okay. The one that I have here is one that we know well. What does it say in Romans eight twenty-eight? For we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and those who are called according to His purpose. Amen. We love God. All the things that we know... All the things that, that, that happen, we know that they work for good. Now, okay, so let's take a look here at Isaiah 43, 1. But now, thus saith the Lord, that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. Jacob is Israel. Remember, he changed his name to Israel because his people were going to be called Israel. Amen. And the children of Israel are the children of Jacob. Amen. The twelve tribes of Israel are the twelve tribes of Jacob. And, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. 
I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Church, I know God chose me just like that when I was a young fella. I made a lot of really stupid choices in my life. I've done a lot of stupid things in my life. But I know when I was just a toddler, when I woke up in the middle of that pasture that night, I've never walked in my in sleep in my life. And I was a little bitty fella, a child. I wasn't, even, I wasn't near as big as a as, uh, little man back there. I was about the size of, yeah, I was about the size of a, a bash, yeah. And uh, I woke up out in the middle of this pasture. It was broad daylight out there in the middle of the night. It was a full moon. We lived on a pretty good-sized place. And I was out in the middle of that pasture by myself. But I wasn't by myself. I was standing with God, and I woke up, and I knew I was in the presence of God. I knew I was in the presence of God. And I know all our dogs are sitting there going, what's he doing out here in the middle of the night? No, they weren't barking. They was watching me. We had a bunch of dogs. They was all under the house and around the sides watching me. And they didn't know what in the world I was doing out there. But God was with me. And I knew I was in His presence. And I believe right then, I believe right then is when God was showing me He had me. And it was a very short time after that when my mother told me years, years later, she just told me a few years back, a little time before she died, that that God showed her, spoke to her, and said that very thing. He's mine. I've got Travis. He's mine. And she said it just, she couldn't even tell you what a relief it was to, but yet she watched through years of me going off the deep end and being a complete idiot. But, uh, yeah, she knew what she knew. And I praise God she never gave up on me. A whole lot of other people did. She never did. Because she knew she'd heard from God. Amen. I heard that woman pray for me. Huh? No. I heard that woman pray for me. I ain't kidding you. It was further than from the back of this property to the front. Twice as long as that to the barn from our house. And buddy, I could hear her praying in our house. That's how loud she was praying. Please, God, keep your hands on Travis. Lord, don't let him don't let him go. Lord, don't let him get away. Don't let him slip. You know. I heard that woman pray for me for years like that. Said I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, here we go. I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, then say if, he said, when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Praise God. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba for thee. Praise God. 
Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. Praise God. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even everyone that is called by my name, praise God, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. Praise God. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. See, I want to back up for just a minute. Because you need to understand something. You're not happenstance. You're not just a random piece in the puzzle. You were made to fit here. You can't leave. You can't leave. You may think you could. You can't. Because you were created and formed in the womb to fit in this puzzle right here. You can try your best with a sledgehammer to cram yourself in another one or even start your own puzzle. It ain't going to work. Can't do it. Because God cuts you for this puzzle. And we cannot fit anywhere but where we are made to go. Praise God. Absolutely. Now, I've created him for my glory. He didn't create you for your glory. He didn't create us for our glory. He created us for his glory. Amen. Yea, I have made him. I have formed him. I have made him. God's one made you. You ain't no mistake. You ain't no mistake. God had you through a proving ground. God had you through a forming ground. The things that you have been, the things that you have seen, the things that you have done <coughs> were, were an area of your life to train you up in the way that you shall go. <coughs> the things that you've been through in your life have helped you to become the man or woman that you are now. Amen. And all of it's to bring glory to God. All of it's to show what a great and mighty God He is. How in the world could He redeem somebody like we are? Bring us to where we are today. And forgive all the foolishness and wickedness that we've done. Why? Because sin is sin. But God is God. Sin is sin. But God's blood is pure. His blood and His grace is sufficient. When He told Paul in that and that, that, that messenger of Satan was there. I know what that messenger was saying. It doesn't clear it in the Bible. I know what that messenger was saying. He was reminding Paul of all the things he'd done, the people he'd killed and imprisoned and all that, the people that he'd done and the things he'd done against God. But the Lord said, hey, don't worry about what the devil's saying. Don't worry about that thorn in your flesh. You keep your eyes on me. My grace is sufficient. I forgave you of those things or you wouldn't be standing here talking to me today. If I hadn't forgiven you, I'd already cut you, son, or put you in hell today. My grace is sufficient. Get your mind off what you've done. Put your mind on what you're fixing to do. That's behind you now. So he said, I consider not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching ahead of those things which are before. See, he pressed toward the mark. He quit looking back. You can't look back, church. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Amen. What does that mean? What does that mean? Bring forth the blind that have eyes. What does that mean? <laughs> That's right, the people that, that can't see, but they have eyes. 
Amen. Because if you have eyes, what it means is you want to see. Amen. You have eyes you want to see. All right. They're not eyes that you have closed, ears that you have shut. Bring forth the people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. He said, if any man have an ear to hear, let him hear. See? <laughs> so that's what God's talking about here. Bring forth the people that have eyes and the deaf are the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. The people that have the means, the people that have the want and the desire, and they just haven't seen it yet. God said, I can take that and work with that. I can take that and work with that. So here's what he said. Let all the nations be gathered together. Let the people be assembled. Who among, who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified, or let them hear and say, it is truth. Ye are my witnesses, say the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, ye are my witnesses, say the Lord, that I am God. He said, I showed you all these things. There were no gods among you. I did it. Before all this, he said, bring them from the north, from the south. He said, hey, tell them, come on. Who can declare the things that have been? Who can declare? Who can take us back in time? Who can show me what they did? Nobody. Yea, before the day was, I am He, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. You see that? Understand. Ain't no man can deliver you out of his hand. Ain't no devil in hell can deliver you out of the hand of God. When God's got you in His hand, <laughs> ain't no devil in hell can deliver you out of His hand. Now, you can jump, but there ain't no devil can snatch you out of the hand of God. I will work, and who shall let it? <laughs> Nobody. Now, next. Okay. No, it's not. Okay. Which one is that? 1 through 13? All right. Give me, give me Philippians 1, 6. Give me Matthew 16, 24 through 26. 16, 24 through 26. And then Matthew 10, write these down. Matthew 10, 32 through 39. 32 through 39. And Mark 10, 28 through 30. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. See that? You need to be confident in the Word of God. You need to understand, sometimes it may seem hard, sometimes it may seem crazy, sometimes you just don't understand, but you need to be confident in this one thing. God started a work in you, and He is able to complete it. God is going to perform that work in you until the day He comes back for you. Amen. If you hold fast to the covenant with God, He's going to perform it. 
Amen. That doesn't mean that you may not trip and fall along the way, but that don't mean that that's not in the plan as well. You need to understand, sometimes when you fall and do stupid stuff, it's in the plan. God has a plan. And as long as you try to remain in covenant with Him, do the best you can to live by His Word and keep yourself in the path, amen, do you think, do you think that David falling like he did was not in the plans of God? Do you know God declared before David ever fell with Bathsheba he was going to have a son named Solomon and that he was going to be the king, not David? That happened quite a while before he even met Bathsheba. All these stories that are in the book. What about Job? Do you think that was just happenstance? Or do you think that before the foundation of this world... Job was already written in the book. Yeah. Because Job's life had to be just like it was. Or there's people that are in heaven now that could have never made heaven without the story of Job. There's people that would not have not had the chance that they have without Job. There are people sometimes that you need to get a clear understanding. There are people sometimes that would not have a chance without your story. But because they see you, you are that light. And even if they don't come, you are still a, a testimony against them or for them. You see what I mean? You do things for God when you don't even realize you do things for God. Because you work for God. And the steps of you are ordered by the Lord. Hello. You see? Next. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. What does that mean? What does that mean? To deny yourself. That's right. It means you need to tell yourself no when self jumps up and says, Hey, let's do this. I don't really feel like going to church today. Ah, man, let's go, let's go fishing. You know what? I tell you what, man. I, you know what? Let's uh, let's go do this. And you know, I know. Let's let's go have a drink. Let's go, man. Let's uh, give me a give me a chew of tobacco, man. Let me have a cigarette. No, see, the word of God says, if any man will come after me, you got to deny self. You got to deny what self wants to do. You got to deny deny the last guy that you was. You have to deny him. You have to tell him no. Not going to be your way. Sorry, ain't happening. Not today, not ever. No. And when your flesh tries to push it, you say, I said no. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What does that mean? It means not only you got to say no to it, you got to put it up there and nail it. Nail it to the tree. And say no means no. No. For whosoever will save his life, whosoever wants to keep his life that he was living, whosoever is trying to rescue his life, will lose his life. Will lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So when you say, you know what, God? Now let me, let me draw a picture for you right here. 
you may have been some time in your life, now I don't know if there's anybody in the church like that, but there may have been a time in your life where, where you decided you might have to travel all over the world for, for your business because you only had one way to make a living. I mean, you can't change now. Not that I've ever heard that before, but I can't change life because I'm, you know, I'm older than dirt. And I can't change life, change my career at this time in my life. There's no kind of way, man. I got to make a living. I got to, in order for me to keep living the way I live, living the way I want, be a good provider for my wife, you know, I can't bring my wife back down to bread and bologna. Man, I mean, you know, I, I can't do it, man. I got to keep moving. I got to keep moving forward. I'm a mover and a shaker, man. Come on now. I done spent too much time. And so I got to, man, I, I have to travel with my job because my job requires it. And that's all I know. It's all I've ever done. Not that there's anybody in this church like that. But it's, yes, hypothetical. Yes. <clears throat> you know, that's that's called narcissistic, isn't it? When somebody always thinks it's about... <laughs> Narcotwisted. <laughs> Narcotwisted. <laughs> <laughs> Narca quicked it. Narca quicked it. <laughs> okay. Listen. So, whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lo- will lose his life for my sake shall find it. But you know, then you finally come to the place in your life where you say, you know what, God? No, that job said I need to go out of town, and I told that job, bye. I told that job, no, not going to happen, not going to do it. Praise God. You're not the only one in here did that. Praise God. There's others that had the trouble too. But as you see, it's always been the right choice. Amen. You had to grow into that place to where you said, no, I will not be moved. The Word of God said, no, and I will follow the Word of God. It's me and my house. We're going to follow the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. And so you know what? When you lose your life for His sake, the next thing you know, all your bills are paid. Next thing you know, praise God, you're, you're still older than dirt, but you're doing okay. Praise God. That's right. That's right. It's exactly right. Praise God. Yep. <laughs> Amen. Now, so, for what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Let me ask you, what good would it be if you had bank accounts filled with money all over the world and everybody was walking around patting you on the back telling you what a great, fabulous, unbelievable salesman and the salesman of the world, the salesman of life, the greatest oil tool salesman, the greatest oil salesman ever was, Man, I mean, going down, a legend, a legend. Amen. We're going to have streets named after you, buildings named, all wells named after you. What good does that matter? I'm sure there's people in hell today that had that kind of stuff around them. And I, buddy, I guarantee you they'd trade everything they could to run to this church now. If they was able to come back to this life, and I believe they can see us from down there. I believe they can look up and see us. I've heard a lot of stories about people that I believe were there and, uh, and buddy, that, that God showed a, a glimpse of it, and I believe they can see what we're doing. And I believe there's a lot of people that have known us and known this church for many years that's dead and gone now that knew me are saying, Oh, Lord, let me go back. I promise I'll go to that. I'll never leave that church. But you know what? It's too late. 
If they could come back, I bet you couldn't run them off here now. I bet they'd trade every dollar they ever had in their life for this. But it ain't going to happen. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Listen to what it says. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What's it worth to you? Oh, it may not be worth near as much to you now as it will when they're standing before God. Everything you ever had, everything you ever would have had, you would gladly give it. Gladly give it. There's nothing ever been or ever will be you wouldn't trade in for that. What would a man give in exchange for his soul? <laughs> Next. Matthew ten thirty two. Whosoever thus shall therefore confess, therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not. <laughs> we know this scripture well. How many of you know this scripture is so relevant to everything in the Word of God? If there's any scriptures that are relevant to right now, in this day and time. This is it. Think not that I'm come to send peace on earth. Ah, no, no, no. I came not to send peace but a sword. What's the sword he came to, to bring? The Word of God. That sharp, sharp Word. Not that sweet little smoochy molasses sugar dripping Word that rots your teeth out. I'm talking about, buddy, I'm talking about a word, man, that'll cut you to ribbons going and coming. Even when you think you're holy, it'll cut you into ribbons. Even when you think you're pure and righteous, it'll cut you down so bad, man, it looks like you went through a shredder. Amen. Why? Because God can show you in just a second. God can show you in just a second how filthy we are. We're talking about a holy God, man. Your mind can't wrap around the holiness of our God. And as pure and holy as we think we are, we're filthy rags before the God we serve. He said, I came not to send peace, but a sword. He came to send a sword. He didn't send me with no peace book. God didn't send me out here to tell you how good you are. God didn't send me into that pulpit with that. He didn't put no smoochy book in my hand. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I've had to take a few smoochy books out. Amen. Put them out of the building. But uh, he didn't give me no smoochy book. The book he gave me was an absolute sword. And I'm going to tell you, it's very sharp. And I've kept the edge on that sword. I've kept the edge on that sword, hadn't I? There ain't a person under the sound of my voice in this church that hadn't felt the edge of that sword. It's sharp, isn't it? It'll cut you going to come in, won't it? Praise God, it cuts me the same way as it cuts you. It's an equal opportunity sword. Oh, yes, it'll cut you going and coming, and it don't care who you are, man, woman, or child. <laughs> he said, I am come to set a man at variance against his father. I'm come to make you straighten your house out. I've come to make you choose. I've come to make you declare who I am. I've come to make you show what you believe and who you think. I've come to make you show me, show me that you're for me. Don't tell me how much you love me. Show me if you're willing to abandon your own family for me. That shows me you believe what it is you're saying. I've come to set you at variance against your father and the daughter against her mother. And the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. 
And the man's foes shall be they of his own household. In these last days, you're going to see the ones going to hurt you the most will be the ones closest to you and your family. It's a wonderful thing if you can get your children to turn. It's a wonderful thing if you can get your grandkids to turn. But if you can't, it's going to be one of the hardest things you ever deal with in your life. It's hard. It's a hard thing. But praise God, we've had some time to prepare our mind for those things. That's why we have all these messages, is to continue to reiterate what God's saying. Watch me. Watch me. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. Get your eyes off that. They have a choice to make. Our kids, if we have grandkids, our kids have a choice to make. They can either choose to follow God, follow what we're following, and follow God, or they choose the other way. There ain't no way you can do anything about it because those grandkids belong to them. You do what you can do, train up a child in a way that it's their job to make their choice. You can't make it for them. They're going to have to do just like you did. They're going to have to choose life. Life's hard. You ever heard somebody say that? Well, let me tell you something. The more you're in this world, the more you realize what that truly means. Life. Not this nonsense right here. Life. Life's hard. This book right here, Life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Life can be hard. Why? Because you're battling. You've got to deny everything that you are. You have to deny everything you are to become what He is. Because what you are is not going to make heaven. Only a mirror image of God is going to make heaven. Only if you are like God will you make heaven. You have to come to the place where you're just like Him. Holiness, righteousness, purity, unity. You cannot be divided against yourself. You cannot, you cannot be double-minded. You have to be singly-minded. You have to have your eyes on that book and follow it to the letter, verse, chapter, and line. You have to become His Word and live according to that. You have to walk the straight and narrow path. cannot stray to the right. You cannot stray to the left. You have to keep your feet moving forward, and you have to press toward the mark. <clears throat> A man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. What is he talking about right there? He's talking about some of the hardest decisions a person could ever make in their life. That's what he's talking about. What is he talking about? That's right, but what does that mean? What does that mean to love them, love him more than you love them? What does it mean? Well, that's correct, but think about what he's saying right there. How, how would that all play out? How would that play out so that you could see that happening in your life? How would God know that you loved Him more than you love your son or your daughter or your father or your mother? Okay, and okay, come on, give me give me some ideas. Give me some, come on, further, further, further. You put Him ahead of them. You understand? This is the way God sees. We can say that, but. God does not realize and understand that. He does not know that. You don't make it real until you're put to the test. Hopefully, that will not have to happen. 
But if in the event it does come to pass where you are forced to choose, there should be no... That's the reason your mind is being set right now in this Word. That's the reason this Word is here. It's the reason the Word is written. It's for our learning, for our correction, for our reproof. It's to teach us and to prepare our minds, amen, for the time we have to make that choice. You need to set it in your mind, settle it in your mind that nothing will be ahead of God. Not father, not mother, not son, not daughter more than me. Because if they're even a close second, they cannot be. There needs to be nothing within miles of how much you love God. It needs to be a no-brainer. It needs to be an absolute choice that doesn't even need to be made. You need to have already made that choice. Everybody understand what I'm talking about? You need to have already settled it in your mind what choice you're going to be. There needs to be nothing in your mind that's pulling against that. There needs to be an absolute mindset. Everybody understand? Okay. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. You know you've got to keep that cross with you. How many of you need your cross like I need mine? Do you need to keep it with you all the time? <laughs> Buddy, I need to keep that cross with me all the time because <laughs> i tell you what. Sometimes as often as I need it, I need to keep a good supply of nails too. Because <laughs> the cross never wears out. <laughs> Man, I go through some nails. <laughs> I need a nail gun. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. Now, he that taketh not his cross and falleth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. See that? Amen. What life's he talking about right here? What life's he talking about right here? He's not talking about finding no great life in this world. He's going to give us what we need. But he said, man, you, you lose your life, the one you have now for my sake. He said, you're going to find a life, the reward, the reward to have this world. You're going to find your life. If you give up what you have for what I got behind door number one, huh, you're going to be glad you made that right choice. Amen. Praise God. Is that it? Then Peter began to say to him, lo, we have left all. Now, you need to understand something here. God don't expect much. Just everything you got. Everything you are and everything you'll ever be. God ain't going to take less than all of you. He's not going to be second to your... Uh, for those of you listening by tape and all that kind of stuff, He's not going to be second to your horses. He's not going to be second to your, your wife or your family. He's not going to be second to your children or your grandchildren. He's not going to be second to your company or your job. He's not going to be second to your money or your bank account. He could not care less... There's no possible way he could care less about that nonsense. What he's concerned with is you following his word and seeking him with everything you got. Amen. And nothing less than your very best and all that you have is going to do. It's not going to work. Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you that there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel's. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. Also in this time as well. He still will make sure you have what you need. Amen. A hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. Listen to what he said here. 
But ye shall receive an hundredfold now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands, with persecutions. <laughs> Part of it, folks, comes with the plan. It's in the plan. Read the fine print. And in the world to come, eternal life. That is where you're going to find your life. All right. Now, next. That's it. All right. Huh? Nope. God is building you with His plan in mind. God has a plan. Who in the world would have ever thought the only way to the mountaintop is through the valley? Who would have ever thought the mountaintop is very small in comparison to the valley all the way around it? The mountain's very small. The mountaintop's very small compared to the base of it. It sure takes a long time to get to the mountaintop, but it don't take just a few seconds to fall to the bottom, does it? It's amazing how quick gravity works, isn't it? One time, I was hunting in Colorado. And because my uncle took it upon himself to take a rifle round out of the chamber of my gun, which was none of his concern, but... Uh, I missed the closest and broadside 50-yard shot, the largest buck I've ever laid my eyes on to this day in my life. This, he was as big almost as the elk, the royal bull I killed later in life. But when I pulled that trigger, you can imagine the happiness I felt the just the mere microsecond before I pulled that trigger, I was already looking at my father passed out on the ground, knowing that he'd never in his life seen a buck like that nor ever would kill one, and how proud he was going to be of me, and how proud I was going to be of me. Uh, and I pulled that trigger and it went click. And that buck took off, and he played with me. He took off and he went down that mountain just a little ways and waited for me. Till I got down there close to him and just about to where I could just about get a shot and then he'd go down a little further. This went on for about two hours till I looked back and realized that I was about 9,000 feet down that mountain. Nowhere near road. Only way back was up. When there's no oxygen in the air and you've only been in the, in the area for just a day and a half, you don't really have time to get climatized yet. And here I was having to climb that mountain. And, uh, buddy, <laughs> it was a tough road to hoe. And I looked back up that mountain and realized how quickly I'd come down that mountain and how hard it was going to be to get back up it. Well, that's the way it is in this life we live. And uh, 
We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on the mountaintop. But you will spend a considerable amount of time in the valley. Because that's where you keep your head right for God. God can work in that. God can work in that. Don't lose sight of the fact that God has a plan. Never lose sight of that. It's going to be difficult in these last days. But you're going to see. You're going to see his hand in everything that goes on. Because you know the word of God. And you're going to continue to be surrounded by people that know the word of God. Until such time as God changes that. Never lose sight of the fact that God's still in control. Nothing's changed. It's all part of the plan. And you're in that plan. Stay in covenant. Keep moving forward. Keep digging in. We will make it home if we faint not. Stand with me.